420. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Folk Runyon. And tonight we will welcome very honored Fred Herson, Michael Beeson, the host wizard of YouTube and BitChute's Hacking Fate. In a discussion of the 13th century master astrologer Guido Bonatti and his significant contributions to Renaissance astrology, which is the practical philosophy behind hermetic magic. So if you want to make Picatrix work for you, tune in, stay with us, and take notes. Uh, Suman, are you you're, you're with us. I am. Yeah, let me... Uh, let me first uh, make an announcement. Uh, uh, we have had a we have had a terrible fire in, in Silverado Canyon, where we, where Rivendell is located, and and, uh, it, and it, it was it was quite an adventure uh, for me uh, because uh, right before we had the fire, uh, Edison uh, Southern California Edison turned the power off in the whole canyon. We had we had wind, of course, and and so they turned the power off, and we were all in the dark. I was in bed uh, reading, and and uh, I heard the sirens, and I heard the noise outside, and and I climbed out of bed and went out and out the porch, and 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 the, and the firemen were were in my already in the parking lot, running up the steps, and and they said, "You got to evacuate." And uh, so, you know, and I looked up the hill, and the whole it looked like the whole hill was ablaze up above my house, and it hit that, and you know, this is, I mean, it was a conflagration, and uh, so I got into my clothes as quick as I could, and I went and uh, chased down my my little kit, my little kitty Blackie, and got him in his carrier. And then grabbed his, grabbed Blackie and 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 the flashlight and the cell phone, and uh, and took off and got out to the parking lot, got in the in in, in the Hummer, and 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 uh, and the firemen waved me out, and then uh, they and all the, the fire equipment they they you know they let me they let me out they got up the road so I I went came you know all the way uh, to to Hawthorne Rocket City. Uh, where Sarah Andrea, my my consort, lives, and and uh, and and so that's where I'm broadcasting from right now, and uh, that's where I'm staying, and I'm probably going to be here for a couple of days uh, before I get back in. So uh, we'll find out next week. Hopefully, I'll be able uh, next week's broadcast. I'll be able to uh, have some good news about Rivendell, and and. I hope, and and, uh, and uh, that's the situation. But but you know, if we if we uh, lose Rivendell, we still have Mont Sauvat in in Pasadena, and it's a fully equipped temple. So so we're not out of business. And and uh, uh, but it's going to it'll be a hell of a blow. Anyway, um, uh, but we'll get through it. And we've been through things like this before, so we'll we'll get through it. Anyway, uh, that's that's the adventure that's going on right now. Uh, anyway, uh, so, uh, Frater Suan, let's, uh, uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, Guido Bonatti and, and his significant contributions to Renaissance astrology. Take it away. Sure. Though, I think I'm going to start with something else that you jumped into a lot, um, because one of the things that you mentioned in the abstract and that, that you kind of came up with and brought up is, if, if you want to make the Picatrix work for you, then um, 
been studying Guido Bonatti. And the, the reason I'm bringing that up is it's really interesting because a lot of, a lot of the astrological mages out there just grab the Picatrix and they start making talismans at random. And um, they just use them in that way. And that I think is, is kind of a mistake. And that comes from my experience um, in my day job as a information security person that I'm a hacker um, where the first thing we do before we do anything is gather a bunch of information. So we'll do research on whatever the target is by looking up information about the company. And then after we have the information about the company, we'll start a scan of the network. And only then do we start pulling out our tools to try to exploit a vulnerability. And this will definitely come back into Bonatti in a minute. Um, and what's happening with, I think, talismans is a lot of times we just go in with our talismans in a, this blind, hey, I, I have a talisman that does a thing and I want to use that talisman and I want this talisman because I want these things. Um, but that's kind of ignoring the, the behind the scenes ebbs and flows. Um, and one of the, the benefits of studying Bonatti is you start to understand the way that the ebbs and flows happen. Now, the Picatrix is mostly built on the, the medieval magic, and that's what Bonatti was gathering. So Bonatti was gathering all these, um, these medieval Arabic texts that had been translated into Latin and using that to compile a corpus that uh, a single book that would give a complete theory of astrology as well as teach astrologers. Um, and so it, I thought it was interesting that, that you mentioned the Picatrix there because you will absolutely be able to leverage the Picatrix better if you have something like Bonatti because you'll know when to use the talisman. Is, is this the right talisman based on the kind of challenges I will have? I mean, you, you can see in your natal chart what you have lacking or what is is exalted but what's the right time to use these things and i believe that, uh, that a that, that, solid that, phil yeah huh? yeah a Let solid philosophical foundation helps because you. we have we have we have a lot of listeners who uh, uh who don't understand anything about what we're talking about and in order to get for the for them to grasp this they I don't. I, I think a lot of them don't know what elective astrology is, or what the what it means. Uh, and, and elective astrology, you know, most most people are familiar with natal astrology, but when you talk about elective astrology, they say, "Whoa, what's that?" Well, that's the that's that's the you know the, uh, we're talking about the use of talismans and and, and planned operations. Uh, uh, in the future, uh, uh, you want to talk about elective astrology? Let, let, kind of introduce some of these people to the concept of oh, elective yeah. astrology. So let me let me jump ahead a little bit, then I'll be able to jump back. So Bonatti yeah. organized his books, and we're going to cover all the parts of astrology. The way that a Renaissance uh, mage would study astrology is just start with the basics, and that's just kind of understanding how to actually pull up the charts in the sky, right? <laughs> Um, so you yeah. can get an idea of what the planets are and what they mean and understand the aspects. So that, that's very familiar to everyone now. Um, that's how natal astrology works. Everyone's kind of comfortable with those. So the next thing you would do as a Renaissance astrologer is you'd study horary. So what horary is, is it's when you ask a question 
um, to the stars. So you come up with this question of, um, will I retrieve my missing goat? Or will my wife come back? Or, um, or will this business venture be profitable? Or will this voyage be profitable? So you ask those kinds of questions, and then you look for a yes, no answer in the stars, and you evaluate that chart, and it gives you the detail about that answer. Um, it's a it's being able to do uh, the astrology of a point in time to answer a question. That, well, all astrology is kind of a point of time. So after you after you master horary and you're comfortable with that, and that's what the that's what the English astrologer William Lilly was really famous for, and um, he was grabbing stuff from Bonatti. Um, you would start to study electional astrology, and electional astrology is really interesting. Because this is where you get into the Christian argument in favor of astrology. So with this electional astrology, you're looking for the right time to do something. Um, so if you're able to plan a voyage, you'd use electional astrology in order to plan it to get the most profitable voyage you could get. Um, if you're starting a business, you'd want to use electional astrology to figure out the most fortuitous time. Um, to start that business, um, those kinds of things. And where the, the Christian argument in favor of astrology comes is in John eleven nine, 9, uh, when Jesus says, are there not 12 hours in a day when the disciples say, oh, no, we can't go back to Judah. They don't like you there. Um, because leaving on different hours would result in a different outcome. Um, and that's, that's very much the basics of uh, – baby electional astrology. And that's also how we, we elect the time to make a talisman. You want a talisman that will be successful at accomplishing your goal, or you want a talisman that will have a certain planetary energy or a certain fit star energy. Then you'll need to elect the time to craft that talisman and you craft the talisman with those, those things that you're trying to enliven it with and soul it with. Um, in very, very strong astrological places. So you're really trying to kind of cheat the system um, by paying attention to the astrology and making something that will hold some of the light of that star or will act as a home for the spirits that naturally reside in that, um, in that star. After electional, then you would study natal. <laughs> so after you kind of got all that, you would start studying natal because our lifetimes are made up of everything that you cover in horary because you have all the individual decisions that a person has to make. You have all of the electional timing and you start to see how the like electional charts interact with the natal chart. You get, you go to bigger and bigger charts that will have an impact on the smaller charts. So after natal, you'd study mundane. So with mundane astrology, that would be doing things like studying markets and weather um, being able to do full weather predictions, which a lot of the almanacs still kind of rely on mundane astrology, though they don't really admit it. Um, and the farmer's almanac is, is definitely into that. And it offers you a little bit of electional because when are you going to castrate your animals? When are you going to shear your sheep? Um, it helps you pick those and it does it by moon phases. And that's one of the, the basic ways of doing electional astrology. Um, you'd also study things like um, noble families in mundane astrology. So you'd be able to say, 
uh, this person's founding a dynasty. How's it going to be doing 200 years from now? Um, and eventually you'd work on nations and be able to see how a nation would fare um, and be able to kind of predict what nations would be able to in wars. And of course, cities fall in there too for nations. So that's the basic branches of traditional astrology. Yeah, the, uh, uh, you you remember this uh, this this thing? Uh, what is it? Campanella, I think, uh, uh, was was hired by one of the popes to, uh, uh, and they they cast a circle down the, in the basement of the Vatican, and and. And they they used elective astrology to to counter the Spanish who were who were supposedly uh, using elective astrology against the Pope. Do you recall that that one? Oh yes, absolutely. But it's, the the Catholics were not afraid of astrology at many many times. They used to also send out astrologers to verify saints. So if you had a miracle occur. Um, one of the tests that the that they would do is they would make sure that the astrology didn't line up for the miracle to have occurred, because if it was a true oh, miracle, yeah. then astrology wouldn't be able to predict it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Now, yeah. uh, one thing way I think we should uh, uh, we should certainly uh, credit uh, our our our. Our colleague and our and our astrological mentor Christopher Warnock, uh, you know he has he has made Renaissance astrology, which is magical astrology. He's made that available uh, and to uh, to us, uh, and and uh, and, and uh, that has been a great resource. So I'd like to you know and and I'd like to uh, to give uh, Chris Warnock some credit for his whole Renaissance astrology program. Oh, I, I totally agree with you, and I was going to plug Chris uh, later, so you just beat me to the punch, Poke. Um, so, well, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no, Chris Chris Warnock's awesome, and he, if you go to his Renaissance Astrology website, it is piled full of a lot of free resources, and then his classes, he, he hand-holds you through um, learning how to do this. So, I'm a student in all of his courses right now that like his, his main courses, the horary electional, mon, uh, not mundane, um, horary electional natal and magic. Um, and uh, the, the Bonatti project I'm actually undergoing, Chris is, is very supportive of as well, not to put words in his mouth, but um, yes, I, I'm, I'm very, very close to him. And honestly, I consider yourself and Chris my greatest magical teachers, uh, you with magic and Chris with astrology. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I've, uh, you know, I, I really uh, have kind of dragged my feet on, on taking uh, Chris's course. I've, I've, I've still got it, got it here. Uh, but, uh, but I agree with you. He is, he's one of the, he's, he is just about as important to uh, to the rebirth of hermetic magic, he's almost as important as Carl Jung. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Carl Jung. You know, we wouldn't have uh, modern magic without without Carl Jung. And and but then again, when it comes to technical to technical modern magic, I don't think we'd have it. Uh, we'd have it without Chris Warnock. And and uh, and so anyway, uh, uh, that's uh, speaking of that. Uh, 
Picatrix and, and Warnock, of course, both uh, mentioned that everything goes through the moon. And the mansions of the moon are tremendously important. And uh, what is, but does Benali do anything with the, with the mansions of the moon? So the lunar mansions are not one of his focuses. Um, and that's, that's kind of interesting to me. But the mansions play a very, very, very strong role, the more medieval astrology. Um, the Arabs use them, and I, I kind of – that's one of the things that I've picked up from the Arabs. I use them as well. But um, the, the mansions of the moon are also interesting because you have several different mansion systems. Um, and it's a matter of picking the most complete one. And mansions are actually what got me really started with astrology. Um, I was taking Chris Warnock's Astrological Magic class. And I had the Lunar Mansion book out, and uh, I was at a point where I was trying to figure out what was going on um, with some of my friends. Um, there, was, there was kind of a question of, you know, small political stuff. And my wife decided that she would look it up in the, um, in the Lunar Mansion book, and we would use the mansions for prediction. And we started doing the mansions, using the mansions for prediction, and it was super accurate every time. And I've been using Lunar Mansions to predict the outcome of business meetings at work. Um, just glancing at the Lunar Mansion and writing down a quick prediction as to how I think a meeting's going to go. And I have yet to have that not be accurate. So, um, so Benati did miss that. But what Benati did do, which was interesting, is he did, um, he did use midpoints independent of Arabic parts. And um, there's like an entire, entire modern astrology school called Uranian astrology that's built on midpoints. And Benati was the first one to use those. He was using them for timing techniques, uh, which is really interesting. But I mean, if, if you don't mind, I think that we might should dive into a little bit about who Benati is, because we've been talking about him a lot, but haven't, yeah, haven't yeah, actually let's... explained him to the listeners. Yeah, I had I had so, printed out the I had printed out the Wikipedia uh, uh, bio on on Benati and all that, but uh, but when I when I when I bailed out it when I when I evacuated the house uh, that got left that got left behind along with the uh, along with the uh, you know uh, everything else and and, and uh, so yeah let's talk about uh, who Benati was and what he did and, and, and you know go ahead. So one of the things that I think is really fun about Benati is he's one of the first astrologers I knew about. Um, and the reason he's a, one of the first astrologers I knew about is because Dante put him in hell. Um, he was a political rival, like he was with the rival faction. So with Dante and his divine comedy, he puts a lot of his political rivals in hell uh, because they had that whole Holy Roman emperor versus the Pope thing going on. And that's, how Dante kind of lost his lost everything was because he he was on the wrong side. Um, Benati was not on the wrong side. Um, Benati supported the the Holy Roman Emperor, um, and uh, so he's he's seen as the the astrologer that's walking around with his head on backwards and crying um, all the time, so he's not able to see the future. And that was really my introduction to Benati, and I had no idea who he was other than he was an astrologer. Uh, but I, I suspect that more 
more people have encountered that and just not given it a second thought, but I kind of looked into it because I like to look into things whenever, when someone important puts somebody else in a thing, that person was important for something. And that, uh, let me ask, let, let me ask you this. Hmm. Uh, was Bonatti was Bonatti contemporary with Secco de Ascoli? I think uh, you know Secco de Ascoli was an astrologer, and and uh, and he uh, was the first uh, you know the first uh, magician. He was also he was also a magician and an astrologer. He was the first magician uh, to use what uh, what we call the Goetia. Uh, and and uh, he got burned at the stake as a result. He he uh, conjured he conjured the uh, the spirit Pluron and and uh, mentioned it in a book and recounted it. And he he conjured uh, Pluron in a mirror, uh, that which is now which which was later called the mirror of Pluron. And and uh, and because he mentioned this 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 uh, evocation in in a, in one of his books. Uh, the, the Inquisition got him, and, and he and he got burned at the stake in in in, in uh, 1360. And I wonder, did it, it, uh, did he have? Did it, I wonder if he was had any connection with Minotti. Well, he was alive at the same time. Um, I don't know. Yep. I don't know if they had any direct connection. Um, I would have to look up, um, let's see, he was the, he was the professor of astrology in the university of Bologna, um, in 1322. So I would, I would have to poke around to see if there's a, a good connection there. Um, and it's likely if, if they didn't know each other, I'm certain that, um, Seiko read, uh, Bonatti's work. Um, yeah. because again, Seiko being a bit, a bit um, younger than Bonatti. Now let me ask you about so the spirit that was, that was of Sarabosco. Yeah, I'm let sorry. Let me ask you about the spirit, Sarab- the spirit, the sphere of Sarabosco. Uh, Sarabosco was. I know it's that that name sounds Italian, but actually he was he was a he was a Brit. Uh, he was he 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 was an English uh, astrologer, uh, and he. Uh, and he uh, just, uh, wrote this. Actually, it's more of a diagram. We all use it. It's 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 the diagram of the of the uh, the onion the onion like diagram of the cosmos. You know, uh, with the Ethereum uh, circle beyond the, the zodiac, and then you have the the spheres of the planets. You know, uh, and then 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 the uh, the Earth in the center, and of course the Sun. You know. And that was pre-Copernican. The spear of Sarabosco, uh, I'm wondering that that became uh, apparently uh, uh, almost a, almost a, a canon of, of uh, astronomy, of uh, medieval uh, astronomy, and of course also figured in astrology. I'm wondering if Sarabosco, what would, if he had any any connection with, uh, and he's around about the same period. Or uh, any connection with Bonatti, or or if Bonatti referred to him, do you, do you know anything about that? Um, I don't know of any direct linkage between um, Johannes de Serbosco and Bonatti, um, but they definitely are pulling from the same tradition. 
So Benadi yeah. is most uh, Benadi is mostly quoting the the Arabs, and he's quoting um, so like Masha Allah and um, Salah bin Bishr and uh, Jafar Jafar and um, those guys, and then also of course Ptolemy because everyone wants to quote Ptolemy, um, but he goes into a lot of the same kind of idea. So the way he lays astrology out is he starts with his defensive astrology, which is half defenses against normal, um, like normal arguments against astrology and half a philosophical underpinning of how astrology works, um, where he starts. And this is, this is where we get to the hermetic magic coming into play. Um, he starts by describing the elements and describing that all matter is composed of the elements and that um, you can see that uh, in a number of ways. And it's all based on the proportions of what elements are inside a thing that dictate what that thing will become and how it will grow. But the elements themselves have a very limited ability to act on each other because they'll eventually kind of run out of steam. And what ends up exciting the elements is the constant motion of the planets. So the different planets charge and change the elements, which are then able to charge and change, them, change themselves. And that is the very naturalistic description of astrology that would be mostly acceptable then. Um, well, except for to certain Franciscans and um, other people that really didn't like it. But that's, and that, that fits very well with uh, the way that the sphere of um, Sarah Bosco is laid out as well. So um, it's, it's very much in the same vein. Yeah. The, uh, uh, you know, I'm, 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 very, I'm thinking about Plato, especially the Timaeus uh, and, and uh, we, you know, as, as we have, as we have said uh, so many times that one of the great, principles of hermetic magic is that that the zodiac revolves one way and the planets revolve the other way and as plato said in the in the timaeus this this uh, the, the conflict between the clockwise uh, uh rotation and the counterclockwise rotation within us because we're we have the whole universe in microcosm you know in, in ourselves and that that's what creates so much of our of our personal conflicts and and uh, and including, but the, but the relation to uh, astrology to the elements. Now that's something that I don't. Uh, it, 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 they, they, there may be something about that in the Timaeus. There certainly is a lot about the elements. But uh, uh, I, I I think that uh, if Bonatti uh, um, dealt with the uh, with the elements, and of course that would relate to the cardinal signs, and and. Uh, and their influence and everything else. This, this, this is this is fascinating, and and from a hermetic point of view. Um, so any anyway, uh, um, as far as the you know the Pacino's planets within, you know in in a way we kind of we kind we we really need to give Pacino credit for for our for our our planetary chakra system, what we call the interior stars. Uh, uh, but Pacino, I'm trying to trying to think what 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 was Pacino 
Uh, where was Pacino in relation to Bonatti? Was they they were uh, were they the same? Were they contemporary? Give me one moment. I will check. Um, so here's the interesting thing about Pacino. After I finish the the deep dive into Bonatti, I'm doing. I'm planning on doing a deep dive into Pacino's three books on life. Yeah, Pacino was about a hundred years after Bonatti. Yeah. So, uh, but Pacino was Pacino was a really interesting um, philosopher and astrologer himself. Um, he actually favored elections over things like talismans, and that might be because of the church, but that might also be because he saw um, elections as as more effective than trying to store. Um, things in a battery as a talisman or store spirits in a talisman, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, what would you uh, uh, would you say that uh, that, that studying Pacino and, and uh, studying Pacino and, and also Plato's Timaeus and, and, and uh, along with Bonatti would be would be a good idea? I I would, but how I would use Bonatti. So I would actually recommend that you study Ficino before you study Bonatti, as odd as that is. So study the Timaeus and then study um, – so study the Timaeus and kind of make up your own mind and develop a really good understanding of the Timaeus. And after you have that, then start studying Ficino because he's going to be much more concerned with the philosophy and the worldview. And Bonatti is going to help you with the technical skill of astrology. Um, it's very, very much a technical manual. A uh, very, very small part of it's dedicated to the philosophy, and that's where you get in the defense of it. That's where we got into the things that we were discussing, like the basics of the elements. Um, it's kind of, it's really set up kind of like a modern, modern computer manual or a modern technical manual is what Bonatti was, is the Renaissance Italy, well, yeah, Renaissance Italy equivalent of, even though it's maybe a little bit pre-Renaissance because Pacino kind of kicked off the Renaissance with his uh, platonic stuff. So, um, so that's how I would approach it. I'm going to, I'm going to throw another one at you. Uh, the, uh, um, uh, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I can't remember which one I was going to throw at you. So, uh, you throw one at me and then, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there, there's there's uh, Bonatti and uh, 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 Pacino and, and uh, um, the the Renaissance astrology. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember Al Kindi, Al Kindi, the Arab, and I want to talk about that. How much? How much uh, uh, did did Al Kindi's uh, theory of stellar rays was that did that did that that influence uh, Bonatti at all? Uh, absolutely. I mean, Alkindi's Alkindi's theory of stellar rays is um, really one of the major underlying um, schools of thought when it comes to astrology, um, and that that kind of gets into medieval optical theory as well, which is really really interesting and fuels astrology. So, whenever you have planets that can't see each other those they can't influence each other and if you look at an astrological chart and you look at planets that have either the what modernly is known as the lesser aspects 
um, those would be considered an aversion by ancient um, and medieval astrologers because they they wouldn't be able to be seen and their beams wouldn't work. Also, the the whole beam thing, uh, Al Kindi, I always describe his his way of of viewing life as the um, as the astrological battery theory of existence <laughs> and because the stellar rays kind of feed everything and um, they are the motivating force behind all things, which is very, very similar to the way that Benati describes um, how the planets influence the elements. Um, and in his early descriptions, he doesn't come out and say that there's rays. He talks more about the movements of the planets. But uh, definitely rays are a philosophical underpinning of what's going on. Now, let me ask you this, because it's been a long time since I've, since I've read Al-Kindi, uh, or about, and I'm not saying I've read Al-Kindi, I, I better say I've read about Al-Kindi. Uh, did he, when he says stellar rays, is he also referring to planetary rays, or is he primarily referring to stellar rays? Oh, the, the planets are stars. So he is absolutely referring to the, the planets as well. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, that what I want to point at one point I want to point out that that I think Elkindi got that originally from the Sabians. And remember the Sabians used to they used to say that that the ray of the planet or the or was always always most powerful in mid heaven. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah, and and and, and Sabine, uh, as you probably, uh, if you've gotten uh, in, into our book, uh, you know, on on, on Rosicrucian yoga, uh, you 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 got the point in the in the point on our chapter in the Parsifal, where uh, where I pointed out that uh, that uh, Parsifal's grand uh, his his uh, his grandmother uh, his. Uh, his half brother and and that were oh, they they were Sabians they were not uh, they they were they were you know they were Syrian pagans they were not uh, they 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 were not Muslims uh, and and uh, where most people think uh, you know that uh, that Firfaz and 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 uh, uh, I forget the name of his grandmother but they 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 were they were they were uh, they were Sabians and that whole Sabian We've discussed that many times on the Hermetic Hour, the influence of the Sabians. Would you say that that Bonatti was very influenced by by uh, Theban, Theban Karat? And I know he was influenced by Alkindi. We know that. How about Theban even uh, even Karat? Well, absolutely. I mean, again, I would I would have to look in and see if he if he references. Um, I'm fairly certain he does reference him directly, but I would have to kind of poke it out. I, uh, as much of a Benani scholar as I am, I really would have to hunt down that source. But given the, the influence um, on the Arab astrologers and the Arab astrologers on Benati, that there is no doubt um, in, in my mind that that was definitely a fact that that um, Thibet was definitely one of the the influences. Um, although he was more about planetary magic, and Benati does not go into very much as far as magic. He's very, very much about being able to 
divine things, not so much about being able to influence them beyond influencing them through um, the election of action as opposed to the election of talismans. Yeah. Let's uh, let's give Chris Warnock another plug for uh, uh, for Thema Ibn Karat uh, because he published he published uh, uh, Chris Warnock published uh, Thema Ibn Karat's most famous magical treatise Imaginibus. In other words, uh, the, the 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 magical use of the imagination and, and images and and. Uh, and then basically it was it was the talismans, it was the images of the talismans that ended up in the Picatrix. So they came from Thibetan, even Karatsa, Imaginibus. And, and as I said, uh, Chris Warnock has, has, has published it, in a, in a, and it's a delightful little little treatise. So I just want to throw that in. Um, no. Anyway, uh, and, yeah, what? Well, I'm trying to remember. Is is that the one that relies primarily on um, horary first? Because I get a couple of the 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 ancient well not ancient the medieval Arabs um, well not Arabs in that case, but I get a couple of the uh, Arabic texts confused. And there's one that has a bunch of magical rings in it, and it has very complex elections. And then there's one that's based on doing horary to see if something will be successful and then basing fairly complex elections uh like the talisman on those complex elections uh, you're talking beyond me now i i i, I that doesn't ring a bell i'm you know as i as i say i'm familiar with theme uh, even karats imaginibus and and i'm fairly familiar with the picatrix but uh which by the way warnock also uh uh, along with, uh, with with Michael Greer, he he had they have issued the European Latin Picatrix, and let me explain uh, this a bit. Uh, we we published uh, the Sabean stuff uh, from from the Picatrix, which we translated from uh, from German back. Uh, Oh, back back before the before the turn of the century, uh, uh, we got the, the you know the civilian stuff. But but uh, everybody was waiting for the all the all the magical community was all waiting for the Picatrix. Oh, when's the Picatrix going to come out? Well, Orboros Press burned up. They 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 burned out a couple of couple of Arabs, you know, trying to get the Picatrix out, and these. Uh, it was like it, it was. People were talking and saying it was like Lovecraft's Necronomicon. They'd start working on it and they'd go crazy. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And then he, um, uh, you, you know, it, it was kind of tough on it because uh, the Picatrix was was you know written originally in Arabic, and and yet yet it, it's uh, it's not something that a devout Muslim wants to wants to dip into. <laughs> so so oh, we were yeah. at, with uh, or Boros was having 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 problems, like I say, <laughs> with it. Uh, and uh, but anyway, they finally they finally came out with the Arabic with the Arabic uh, translation of the Arabic Picatrix. But the problem has, uh, was that that uh, that Arabic astrology, which I want you to talk about a little bit, Arabic astrology is much more complex. Than, than 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 European astrology is it's it that uh, there are some aspects of it which I want you to, to you know touch on that are that that just just give European astrologers the willies I mean you know uh, and 
and so uh, the, the, so this the Arabic picatrix, which uh, and some of these 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 poor Arab Arab kids that they got to to translate this thing, they they were lost because they they were not astrologers, and they certainly were not medieval. Or they were certainly not medieval Arabian astrologers, and and, and you almost have to be to uh, to do it. So anyway, there was a um, there was a European version uh, that was first in Spanish. The King of Spain, uh, 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 he uh, he sponsored or something or other a, a Spanish version of of the. Uh, of the uh, the Arabic picatrix, and that in turn got translated, and I forget by who, got translated into Latin, and and that's the one that the uh, that the European magicians used. That's the one Agrippa used. That's the one, uh, the Latin version, and and uh, and that's the one that Warnock and Greer came out with, and it's a, it, it it's much easier for uh, for. Uh, European and American and English astrologers to use than that Arabic picatrix. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, um, the history you've kind of covered, and and you kind of said that you wanted me to touch on the differences between Renaissance astrology and the medieval um, Arabic astrology, and I can yeah. I can do that a little bit. Um, so the with the Arabic astrology, they used a different bound system. And they also relied more on some of the some of the techniques like the triplicity lords. Um, they were much much harder in their um, in setting up talismans. So standard Renaissance talismans are are fairly easy to elect, but if you start trying to elect um, the medieval Arabic talismans, it's much harder. But the the Arabic uh, speaking world, the the astrologers weren't ne- necessarily um, Arabs. They they were working for the caliphate, but they tended to actually be um, to be Jews and Christians, uh, which is interesting to me. Um, and also, you have kind of some some really interesting um, famous families that would be fun to discuss another time when I can do a bit of research beforehand, but like the, uh, the daughter of a court astrologer became one of the great Queens and there's a bunch of stuff there, but it's, yeah, the, the medieval Arabs are much, much more technical. The other issue you have is there's this whole movement in, um, Renaissance astrology. And most of this comes after Benati. It's more like William Lilly and John Gadbury, where they did this movement that was called the back to Ptolemy movement. And they believed that the Arabs had put a lot of superstition into astrology that didn't belong there. Um, Specifically, that's where they, like the Arabic lots, they thought that those were put in by the Arabs and that they didn't work. Um, And a whole bunch of those kinds of things. And they also wanted to go back and use Ptolemy's tables for everything. So Ptolemy's bound tables. Uh, Not that 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 they were that well they did manage to get a lot of traction with it and Benati himself used um his understanding of Ptolemy's tables as well instead of following the Egyptian and Babylonian tradition which the Arabs did. 
Yeah, this is a very, uh, a very historical, historically oriented discipline. While we're discussing this sort of thing, I want to put in a plug, uh, put in a plug for a for a uh, for a Syrian friend of mine, uh, uh, who I originally knew as Mamduel Dai, who has now become uh, uh, Nineveh Shadrach, and and uh, and he he. Among other things, he 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 was the translator of the medicine of Solomon, which of course was a found in a in a Spanish castle about uh, fifty years ago. Uh, uh, they found this old manuscript. But it's one of the it's one of the Solomonic uh, grimoires, like the Testament of Solomon and the Goetia. It's probably in between the Testament of Solomon and the Goetia, and it's called the medicine of Solomon. And all these seventy-two demons. Uh, that, that that we you know we know and love in the Galatia, all of them uh, in this in this medicine of Solomon, they're all this, they all cause diseases. The thing it's 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 just really hideous, and and uh, and and sure enough, somebody and somebody one of the chaos magicians grabbed a hold of it and and did a chaos magic version of it, which I don't recommend. But uh, anyway, none of uh and he's now over in the Philippines. Nineveh had translated a an Arabic uh, grimoire uh, called the uh, it's called the the key of the key of Solomon the king. In other words, it's it's a, it's a it's an Arabic version of the key of Solomon, and and he's and he finally published it. And that is an amazing book. I don't know whether you've seen it yet, but but that, I have that not. book is just amazing. Oh, it's 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 it's, it's amazing. Uh, if I if 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 I can get back on my computer, if my computer isn't uh, isn't uh, burned up, uh, I will I will uh, send you a, a, a kind of a review on it because I, I I really do want you to look at it. It's got some great stuff in it. And but I thought I'd throw in a in, in a in a little a little plug for Nineveh, uh, uh, you know, because he's he's been he's been doing some great stuff, which he doesn't get credit for, because you know as far as uh, as far as most of the, uh, the the magicians that people listen to, like uh, Skinner and and and, uh, and and even Duquette and all that, uh, they 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 never they never deal with anything that uh, that Nineveh. Anything none of a translates, you know. As far as they're concerned, he doesn't exist, and that's a shame. Uh, anyway, uh, the uh, Benadi, would you say that Benadi is is is, uh, is good for people who are, that want to grasp this this magical Renaissance astrology that really want to grasp it uh, that. That 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 Benadi goes uh, before before they get into Warnock, they ought they ought to read Benadi, or or or, or they or they should be contemporary with uh, with doing with, with studying Warnock's course. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and jump into that. So um, with Warnock's course, uh, depending on what what you're learning from Warnock. So if you're learning astrological magic from Warnock, then um, your main text is going to be the Picatrix. Um, you're still going to – Warnock makes all of his um, students read the Elizabethan world picture 
to understand the way that you have to view the world in order to see astrology working. So that's the first thing Warnock's going to require of any class. Um, if you're doing astrological magic, it's really about election. Um, and I would actually encourage anyone who really wants to dive deep into this to start with um, one of Chris's other classes to be able to start to do the divination. And if you're doing like Chris's natal course, um, at that point, I would definitely recommend that you pick up uh, Benati and you'll be assigned readings from William Lilly. Read the same thing in Benati. A lot of times it's going to match almost word for word, which is good to know because you'll be able to start to see where Lilly and Benati differ. Um, and you'll also be able to understand how Benati is one of Lilly's primary tests. Um, likewise with the Horary course. Um, because it's, it's Benati is going to get you that, that hardcore divination, um, where you are able to see, okay, this is how life will naturally progress. This is how this person's life will progress, or this is how this question will be answered. Um, I, I personally think that astrological magic, I agree with, with the, with the medieval astrologers and stuff that it should be more of an advanced discipline. Because, again, you really want to understand how magic works and how astrology works um, before you start mixing, uh, mixing the two of them together. So I would absolutely encourage you to pick up Benati and study it with anything that you're studying with Chris or not. <laughs> now, now uh, while we still have some time left, I want you to talk about your, your show on uh, your, your – uh, 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 your your hacking show, your your uh, because you're you're the you're you're the wizard and you got a show on, and you have this uh, uh, what do you call it hacking? Uh, um, I call it hacking fate. <laughs> yeah, hacking fate. That's right. Uh, and and uh, and you uh, you look like uh, you know you you look you look like the the wicked witch of the west. You know. <laughs> You're not green, but 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 it, uh, anyway, uh, it's it's a great show, and and uh, I want you to talk about it, how you developed it, and, and and get people interested in following it. All right, so I will totally plug my own show, though that feels a little bit weird, but I'll do it. And and at least you didn't say that I was wearing the Harry Potter sorting hat, which I I will totally take the Wicked Witch comment over Harry Potter sorting hat comments any day. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> So, um, so my day job is um, information security stuff. So I hack. Um, in order to hack things, I have to have a an idea of how things work and taking things apart, putting them back together to learn how that works. Um, right now, hacking fate is predominantly me doing a really, really deep dive into. Benati, and I'll be also doing some other works. Um, I have um, interviews with people um, coming up, which will be good. Uh, we'll be able to dive more into electional astrology and some um, some sources that aren't Benati um, in those. So what I'm really doing there is I'm trying to apply the kind of methodologies I apply to my day job as a hacker to really 
um, trying to see how far you can push existence and what you can learn through that. I'm also a Gnostic bishop, and um, me helping people learn magic is is something that fits with that as well because I want people to be able to experience the divine and to realize there's more to themselves and magic has done that very very well for me um, and I'm continuing my experiments and going deeper so I'm kind of continuing the things that you you got me started doing and started studying the hermetic hour I'm just doing it anyway so I figure why not share the journey and I have an awesome wizard hat and it gives me a really good excuse to wear it. Yeah, well, the old Sabians used to wear real tall hats, and that may be where the wizard hat uh, originated. Or uh, there, there were theirs were more tubular. They looked like great big, great big tall fezes, <laughs> or or maybe a, or, or maybe a maybe an Abraham Lincoln top hat without a brim. Uh, but uh, the. Uh, uh, I thought that uh, that, that 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 your show was really really fascinating, and and uh, when when, uh, when it's on YouTube and and on uh, uh, let's see Bit the shoot. other one uh, YouTube yeah, and, it's a, and, uh, and it's on YouTube and BitChute and I'll explain why I'm doing that. Um, one, I I I'm an advocate of alt tech. I think that you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I don't like YouTube censorship, and I also would like to study some controversial things. Um, as I go deeper into Benati, I'm going to be doing a lot more chart reading and discussions of various topics and people. Um, like I have, I have certain political people's charts. I have um, other figures' charts. Like I have Jordan Peterson's chart. And I'd like to dive really deep into that. And those are not things that would be very welcome on YouTube. Um, it would get me labeled as an extremist and I'd be censored. So I'm trying to build up in both places and keep my videos in both places. But then whenever I start to get more controversial topics, I'll only post those on BitChute um, for now. I'll find other alt tech to post them on later. But the YouTube is going to be all of my my studying Bonatti, all of my studying Ficino, all of my um, studying, maybe I'll go into the Splendor Solace and set up a lab. That would be fun. Um, and yeah. and those kinds yeah, of things will a, always do, be on YouTube. Yeah, do you have a split, uh, time schedule, you know, uh, and, uh, like the, like a, uh, is, this, is this show periodical? Periodic, does it? To like, like, you know, the Hermetic Hour, we do, we do every, we do one every, every Thursday, uh, Thursday night. Uh, what, what's your, what's your, what's your schedule? Um, I post a video every Saturday. Um, so something, uh -huh. here, here's, here's kind of trivia nobody cares about right now. But um, it, when you, when you see me in one of my videos, you can tell the day it's supposed to be posted because you'll see the color of my shirt. Um, I coordinate my clothes with the um, planetary colors. So on Saturday, I wear a black shirt. Right now, I'm wearing a blue one. Um, so you'll, yeah. you'll be able to kind of tell when it was posted. So right now, I look like I'm this goth wizard that always wears all black, but it's just because I'm posting yeah. on Saturdays. Yeah, that's a Saturn. 
Yeah. Anyway, so we're just about out of time, and and uh, and I really, really appreciate you coming on, and and, and your grace, and and, and I, I really appreciate it, and and that was a fascinating show, and and your your uh, uh, your hacking fate is a fascinating show, and I want to encourage everybody to, that's interested in in magical astrology uh, to certainly uh, look at it, and. And uh, and I want to you know to remind everybody to come back next week and hopefully you know uh, hopefully I will be able to get back and find out whether we have Rivendell or not. Uh, but but if, if but I still you know I'll be here next week whether we do or not because as I say we still have we we still have one temple out here and you remember Jack Nicholson in uh, in, in Mars Attacks when the, when the Martians. When the Martians uh, eliminated Congress, uh, you know, uh, Nicholson was the president. He said, well, we still have two houses of government made that. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll be back next week, and and, um, uh, and we'll see you then. And, and thanks again, Prater Suan, and, and uh, good luck with your show, and, and, uh, and, and everybody out there, good magic. Well, th- thank you, Poke, and I will totally echo your good magic. And you-